It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And check out more of the number one daily local sports podcast network at LockedOnPodcasts.com. And you know what? Really quick here, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the passing of Zach Abrams' son. Apparently he was killed, a UCM student, and uh, I don't really have a lot of information other than that. I just saw that on Twitter during the game, reported by Dave Matter. So, I don't know, I just thought it'd be kind of weird if I didn't at least acknowledge that here at the top. But you know what? No no real easy transition here. But on a happier note, Missouri basketball opened its season tonight with a victory over Incarnate Word, one by, four, one by 40 points, and joining me now to talk all about it is Mr. Blake Stark. Blake, how'd you think the team looked tonight? Well, I'm still still kind of re- trying to recover from this. I know. Abrams I kind of just I kind of just dropped, dropped that on you. Yeah, that was that really was, that sad was in, news in Warrensburg. Apparently, uh, yeah, it Man. says a UCM student killed Monday. So, yeah, it's former just, the son of former Missouri running back Zach Abrams. So. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, I I, I don't want to not do that justice by not mentioning it. But, sure. But yeah, it's, that, yeah. I mean, heavy. I don't know what else to say other yeah. than just condolences and yeah, thoughts yeah. and prayers, all that deal. I don't so, have a lot of information there, so. But anyway, yeah, again, so I guess just to basketball now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tough one there. But anyway, so obviously Missouri won by 40. This, I think the spread ended up being 26 to 29, somewhere in there. I think it lowered down to 26, actually. The sharp, my advice sharp was money to, was on. Yeah, my advice was actually to stay off of it. It just seemed like a big line for a team for two teams that play slow. But obviously Missouri – might be undervalued right now. I think they're they're looking like a pretty solid team. What do you think overall tonight? Do you think that you know, like the people that set the lines and do you think somebody actually watched the game against UCM, or do you think they just look at just look at the numbers? Honest to God, that line. You know I mean? If you look at like the Ken Pomeroy stats, I think they predicted like a twenty-eight point victory by Missouri. So to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just based on. Purely that, yeah. quite I just, possibly. I was just thinking of somebody in Vegas, like yeah. somehow had a, got I, that tape. There yeah. were, yeah, there wasn't. I no, mean, there wasn't even a no feed way. for it, and it wasn't televised. So no one saw what we saw against UCM. Anyway, to to the game, I think. I mean, we did exactly what you want to do against a team like that. So um, I think a forty point margin of victory is is comfortable. Um, I know some people were a little, sh- you know, shaken, like here we go again type feeling in that first half against UCM where. You know, we, we were down at halftime. I didn't, I didn't get that impression at all. It seemed like Mizzou was ready to play. We came out a lot faster tonight, and I think, you know, just – I mean, we were consistently pretty much stretching the lead out throughout the entire game until we did the wholesale subs at the end and, and let the walk-on guys get minutes. So I thought – I mean, I thought every every group of guys that played t- together tonight played well played well enough that they could stretch the lead out. So there was they never caught up to us no matter who was on the court – and and the game was fir- like firmly in hand the whole time. So yeah, you know, I thought the encouraging part was is Missouri actually shot rather poorly from the three point line tonight. Oh, awful. 
But I thought the, all of those were good shots. And the other good part is, is I sort of complained a little bit about our defense in the first half against Central Missouri. But since then, boy, we didn't give up hardly anything at all. I thought our defense was borderline suffocating tonight. And you know what? Speaking of all that, moving forward, we're going to get to why I think Drew Smith really has a really advanced NBA skill that I think can help us moving forward. And also kind of, I also want to talk about the in-game experience a little bit. But first, just, just more on the game itself. Yeah, I'm with you. Just overall a really good effort. I mean, obviously, Incarnate Word, like I described them as an abysmal team on my show coming into this. And yeah, I stand by that. They didn't look very good outside of maybe the Lutz kid looked okay. I thought he showed some things. But obviously a really undersized player. But regardless of the skill level of the opponent, if we're going to be as good as Missouri expects to be, or at least what their ceiling is, I think this is a good first sign to show that they could just really punish a team like this, didn't you? Yeah, um, and I think the thing that, you know, the the offense was, like you said, we missed a lot of threes. I think the offense worked well, and I think we had some, we had a lot of good threes that just didn't go down. Yeah, that, we basically got the shots yeah, we wanted. Those those shots will go down. So this could have easily been a game where Missouri scored 100 points instead of the 82 or whatever they wound up at. Yeah, I think it was 82-42. Um, so yep. because the shots weren't falling, I think the reason that this game was so well in hand and that we won by such a comfortable margin, margin is because, like you said, the defense was, was very good. And you can watch and you can just see, like, everybody contributes to this defense. Um, you know, just, just you'll just see guys coming up with steals. You'll just see guys coming across for block. Tillman had five blocks tonight. Tillman did everything. I guess we'll probably go into what Tillman did tonight a little later because he was amazing all night. But let's go into it right now. Let's yeah. go into Tillman. I mean, that's that's what you want to see from from Tillman. I mean, he he did everything perfectly. This is a small team. He took advantage of of his matchups uh, and mean, avoided fouls yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he caught a couple later in the game that you know. Again, he he tends I mean, he had to five still, blocks and right. what, did he have three fouls. He had four fouls, four. three turnovers, but overall, yeah, it's just nice to see that aggression from Jeremiah for sure when he. It's good to see him just punish miss Mitch miss matches. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. It's you know that's one of his best things. Is he is an aggressive player, but the good news was is you worry about him being overly aggressive, especially against a team where he does have the obvious physical advantage. And I thought for the most part he kept it together. He had a couple couple fouls he could have avoided, but you know I think I think Tillman has for the most part shown growth in these first two games to me. Yeah. And the thing is with Tillman, like, this is an obvious, when you look at the guys that are guarding him, like, he has an obvious physical advantage against these guys that are guarding him. But Tillman is such a, a powerful individual. Like, I mean, he he can move SEC players like he moved those guys. Absolutely. So those balls that he gets that he gets down low by the basket, like tonight where he had two guys around him and he still went up and, you know, had that two-handed dunk. Uh, or, you know, he can he can still do that in the conference play. There's I don't think there's anyone – in this conference that physically can can intimidate or can push Jeremiah Tillman around. I don't think that's that's not a problem. So, I think he can play with this mindset no matter who the opponent is. Um and it's I've, you know, against UCM, he he didn't really have this same he never got into the flow like he did tonight. And I don't know that I don't think that UCM is bigger or better than than these guys are. I mean, they're kind of I would say these opponents are 
Sure, similar know, size, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, right, you I know, agree. Generic, generic white guy forward. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> either either yeah. team. Right. Uh, it, it, you can see that the light was on a little bit more for him tonight than it was, I think. And, and I, if, if we could have this Tillman with this approach at every game, I mean, he's a, he's a first-team all-conference, not a second-team all-conference guy. I mean, he's, he's a, a dominant player with this mindset, not just against Incarnate Word, but against any team on our schedule this year. Yeah, I agree. He definitely has that ability. And you know what? I think Drew Smith is a guy who can absolutely tap into that ability with the help of a certain really advanced NBA skill that I think he has, which I'm going to tell you about coming up here in just a minute. And also, we're going to get to the Mizzou Arena in-game experience, the pluses and the minuses. You're going to want to hear all about it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. So, Blake, let's talk about Drew Smith and what really stood out to me today, especially watching in my usual nosebleed seats tonight, unlike our very ritzy behind-the-bench seats at the exhibition game, was, my goodness, I'm not sure I've ever seen a better Missouri guard at making the highly advanced NBA-like passes that you see LeBron James make that you see James Harden make and I'm specifically talking about like especially when James Harden's dribbling with his left hand and then he'll whip the ball across the court with that left hand to the other corner just right on the money I mean that is a really advanced type play and I saw Drew Smith make that at least a couple times tonight and make sort of the play where You'll see a lot of guys jump in the air with nowhere to go. Well, Drew makes the play where he knows exactly where he's going to go as soon as he jumps because he's just trying to draw you in, then he kicks it to the open man. Weren't you impressed? Didn't you see that too? Because I'm telling you, like there's guys like John Wall. It took them till year three or four in the league to learn how to make those passes, and he's making it his junior year of college. Yeah, I mean, I saw that two or three times in the in the first game against UCM, and so – this is this is a thing that he does. Like I think this is a, a real thing. Um, I, I'm starting to see. Yeah, I mean that's that's an to have that vision and have the accuracy to throw that pass and on the money and, and set up shooters um, is I don't, I don't know when we've seen that at Mizzou. Um, so I'm starting to think that. I mean, w- what they were saying about Drew Smith and his like mental grasp of the game. Um, yeah, somebody called him a perfect player. I can't remember which player that was, but you're sort of you're sort of getting what they're getting at now he's just so under control i think yeah. he's so calm is the word i would use yeah and he's a, i mean he's a he's a brilliant defensive player too I mean, he's getting in position he took two charges tonight he i don't know how many steals he i haven't seen the box score for tonight but he had he had a couple he had six steals in the in the first game i mean he's he's all over the place on defense and said he had one and a block tonight he, he did block somebody's shot from behind at a at a opportune time as well yeah he hit a three tonight I mean he, he just kind of does what needs to be done when it's when it's time to do it and you can, you can almost I mean he's obviously not as flashy as a guy like you know Pinson is and we should talk about Pinson a little bit too because he had a fantastic night tonight also but 
Um, he just is always – it seems like he's just always doing the right thing. And, and he's just, I, I totally agree. He's just where you expect him to be. And he's, yeah. You know, if, if you see a guy driving and you're like, well, kick it. The guy's open. Right. Well, well Drew Smith sees that too and he, yeah. he kicks it because yeah. the guy's open. Yeah, and there was a moment tonight where – he just advanced, He just simply advanced the ball up court quickly. It was you know it was almost a hockey assist because it then led to a two on one between I believe uh, Torrance Watson and Javon Pickett. And yeah, it's just the simple plays like that. Sometimes you just need to make the simple play, and that's what he does. In addition to making, like I said, that sort of that fairly spectacular one handed pass to the opposite corner I mean again that, that's just something you don't see at this level too often now as as the pick and roll game gets more and more advanced at all levels you're starting to see it more but still that's a really impressive skill that Drew Smith has and you know what speaking of the advanced pick and roll game once you start looking at this roster and you start seeing that Drew Smith has this skill set and then you think about this kind of skill set that Jeremiah Tillman can have as a role man, as the force of nature that we know he can be. And I really think that Smith can unlock some of his lob game as well. Then you think about, look at all the shooters we have on this team between Watson, between, you know, Pickett's a decent shooter, obviously Mark, Mark Smith. Smith, obviously, Pinson. you know, and then hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah, Pinson shot the three well last year. Hopefully Kobe Brown and Trey Jackson can spread the floor. So, so far, Kobe's done a pretty good job of that. To me, that's the makings of a really good offense if it all clicks together. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think this team just makes sense to me offensively. Now, defensively, we'll see, but so far, I, I really like what I see offensively. Yeah, um, it seems like we don't have any of those. I, I don't know if you had this impression sometimes last year, but we could have certain lineups that would get on the on the floor where you just you're like, where are the points going to come from? Sure, kind of these doom lineups, definitely. And and this year, I you know I, I don't have. I mean, give me five guys, and I you know with maybe the exception of like Mitchell Smith, but, or but you know give me five guys, and I, I think I'm going to feel good about somebody's ability to score. I mean, well, and even Mitchell can space the floor as a stretch, you know, five man. He at least provides value yeah. there. Yeah, maybe I'm just I'm just I'm just having a bad night. Sure, bad with Mitchell tonight. Yeah, just, <laughs> there was a whole lot of Mitch and not a whole sure. lot of good. And uh, my yeah. boy Reed with his beard didn't get a lot of play. So, well, you know, I don't know that Mitchell how much how many minutes he's really going to get going forward. So I wouldn't necessarily over over analyze that too much. But yeah, I think this offense is uh, can I say it's a hydra? It's a mini mini headed, you know, beast. And I think there's a lot of yeah. And if you have a guy like Drew that seems like he can be in control of it, and he's going to find the guys that are in the right positions. If those guys are going to be in the right positions, I yeah, I think I think we can. I think we. I think we're going to have a lot of success offensively. So let's talk about Pinson a little bit. I mean, really, this is kind of his second consecutive good game. He's been a favorite of ours if you listen to this show in its previous iteration. You, you're you well aware of that. But how do you see Pinson fitting into this rotation? Do you think he's just Drew Smith's backup, or do you think those two can play together? Well, he's gotten two consecutive starts, right? Well, no, he didn't start tonight. He didn't start tonight. No, I think Mark got the start tonight. Mark the start? Yeah, okay. Mark got the start tonight, so. Um I don't know, there was a there was a sec- a segment of the kind of mid to late first half where Pinson was just in total control of this game. He, you know, you said something about when you're high low game with with Tillman and Drew Smith and unlocking, you know, Drew Smith's lob game. Well, I mean, Pinson had the, the prettiest lob 
to Tillman that you'll ever see. Uh, that was absolutely beautiful. It was a well set up play too yeah. by Conzo. It really, I could kind of see it coming the whole way. It was nicely done. And he, I mean, he he did a good. I mean, he made his shots tonight. He he seems he seemed like he played stronger tonight. And I, granted, he's playing against. This is not a physical team. We sure against, not at all. So that's not like he's running up against, you know, Blackshear or whoever from Florida. Right. But you know, the, particularly at the end of the first half, the the shot that he made with two seconds left. I mean, he went in. And he he drew contact and double clutched and made you know made a layup. You know, and he several times he went in and got fouled and he didn't shoot his free throws particularly well tonight when he was I think our best free throw shooter last year. But I. I thought he looks. I think he looks in control of his game. I think he looks really good. Yeah, I'm so. really excited to see what he can do this season. And like I said, it'll just be interesting to see how he fits in. And and you know, really, again, Mario McKinney looked impressive again as well with a quick seven points off the bench. I mean, I love just, him. I love him. I, he just makes stuff happen. Oh, man, He's I just a him. bundle of energy, man. Yeah. I, you know, I I'm really excited to see where he goes too. Yeah, I mean he <laughs> he had. Uh, he had the he had one. I'm just gonna talk about his dunks. <laughs> I mean, I wish I, I wish I had some more like <laughs> you know technical analysis of how he played. But right. he was very active. One thing you see with Mario McKinney, and maybe it's just I'm aware of it because I'm watching him because he's just a guy that I you know I focus on when he's on the court. But he is, seems like he's in the middle, you know, going for rebounds and tipping yep. up offensive yeah. rebounds. And he's not and afraid he, of the physicality. Yeah, even on defense, he's yeah. he's trying to swat shots and stuff. And his you know he's springing up and his head's up there by Tillman's head and it said you know he's just all over the place he's, and he plays he plays hard uh, his jumper obviously still a little bit of a work in progress but I mean those two dunks tonight were both impressive the, I've noticed he's not afraid it doesn't seem like he's afraid to dunk off either foot too which is unusual like, yeah if you can jump off either he's a lefty foot, right I believe so I want I was just gonna say is he a left hander I'm I think, I think so. I think he's a lefty. I swear he's a lefty, and he jumped off his left foot and dunked with his right arm tonight, which is the opposite of what you would expect a left-hander to do. Anthony Peeler never did that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is he? He's six feet tall, and he had something a, like that. He had a two-handed tip slam on the right side of the rim as a lefty tonight. He sure did. I mean, You're Parker right. Braun made a nice little move there to get he that, did. to get that shot. So yeah. I, was, I like kind of like what I saw of him in limited minutes. But I mean, that dunk. I mean, that was that's one of the better dunks I've seen at Mizzou Arena. I mean, come on! Like that—that's a—that's a—that's up there. That that dunk. If I don't know if this game is going to get national coverage, but that's like a top ten type dunk. Yeah, I agree. Well, hopefully, we've got about four more years of excitement for Mario McKinney. And you know what? Coming up, we're going to close it out with some more thoughts on this game and the Tigers. And also, of course, as promised, some of the in-game presentation at Mizzou Arena. And you know what? Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at Manscaped.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, if you know me, you know I have a not-so-secret love of professional wrestling, which means that I'm interested in in in-arena presentations, among other things. And you know what? There's a few things that Mizzou does well. In Missouri Arena, or I should say they do them well this year, 
And a few things I think they could still work on a little bit. Well, first of all, shout out to whoever made the hype video this year. I liked the guys hanging out at Douglas Park in Columbia. It was kind of cool. A nice touch. I like sort of, uh, you know, getting in touch with the community, if you will, outside of the university. I thought that was a really nice touch. Kind of just, just a cool look, too. I don't know. I, I like this hype video. I'm still waiting for one to hit me like the 2012 hype video. You know, that's the that's the all time goat hype video of of anything I can do. The just the the Jay Z song and the I mean, man, and that team was so special. But man, that 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 song got got everything flowing, in that, and we had huge crowds in that arena. Like I just have, I get like a little adrenaline surge just thinking about it. I think my wife caught me sort of possibly emotionally watching that hype video maybe a few months after uh, the whole debacle of that ncaa tournament yeah that no i'm with you i can't i can't tell i'll have to go back and watch that because i don't know if that's just uh my association with my love for that team or what so it was so perfect everything about it was perfect (laughs) then remember the the follow-up year we had a pretty good team and this i get we're getting this is a i'm sorry we're we're getting far afield that's okay it's the last segment the 2013 follow-up video was fallout (laughs) boy song it was so bad it was so bad it was such a drop-off from from the 2012 anyway they've been they've been better since 13 was the worst they've been better i I like this year's a lot i'm waiting for another one where we just have the perfect storm like the perfect team and the perfect the perfect song yeah yeah just every game is just yeah you know they i liked the the whole squad ready was good uh last year too actually and then they went away from that song at a certain point but I, i was i thought that uh that whole squad ready that whole song that's actually not the title but that's the right you know I think it's Are You Ready is the song, but regardless, wow, we have gotten in the weeds here. But, you know, <laughs> and here's another note. And, you know, sometimes, again, maybe this is my obsession with sound mixing as a podcaster, right? But sometimes they just play the freaking music too loud in Mizzou Arena. Can we just pot that stuff down a little bit? Does nobody have an actual earball in the arena to listen to this stuff? I don't know. Come on. Turn it down just a tiny bit. Now I sound like Old Man River, so we're going on to the next point. I think it probably sounds louder when you're in games like you know, the exhibition game and like tonight's game where we do not have the strongest crowd. Right. Well, we could adjust for that. Yeah. You're allowed You're allowed to move the knob no, set to the it. left. I said it at the beginning of the year. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's like an automatic setting. Yeah, right. It's on eco mode. Don't touch it. Oh, that's funny. But And then another thing, you know, I – I don't understand. This is not just a criticism of Mizzou, but this seems to be a college thing. Because in the NBA, like tonight, Jeremiah Tillman got called for three seconds in the lane, and I'm sure everybody in the arena thought it was just assumed it was an offensive foul. I happened to notice that the ref did the point down and did the three signal, but that's not really obvious unless you're looking right at that guy. By all means, the public address guy, whoever's in charge of that guy's job, let him know. Give us the call, bro. Say, hey, three seconds in the lane, Missouri basketball, or three seconds in the lane, incarnate word ball, whatever you got to say there. But the, the irony was, is a little bit later, then the uh, incarnate word got called for a flop warning. And then the guy was like, well, there's a new rule that it's the flop. And then he kind of got cut off by the game started going. And I was like, whoa, that was way too much information. But we need a happy medium here, right. folks. But seriously, like when there's. The TV guys were legitimately confused. They yeah, thought, they were like, they thought, what was the call? They yeah. thought that Tillman had one foul from that, and then when he got his first foul, 
they were like, um, did they take a foul away? Like they were legitimately confused. And I think eventually, maybe that's maybe like, that was on the ref. Yeah, too, and there's like but, another yeah. timeout. Like later, I think their you know their notes guy brought them the notes and they revised it and they said, right. oh, so we found out that that was actually a, a three seconds in the lane call. Well, I know it's not actually signal. not actually a foul. So yeah. that's that's why Jeremiah Tillman only has one foul now. Which so if the TV guys have no clue what's going on, then you know, maybe, maybe you should announce it. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Just just help out the people in the crowd. I mean, that is the point of the public address, right? And, you know, obviously there are people there's there's going to be people in the crowd who are blind, quite honestly. How are they going to know what the hell the call is? They can't even see they can't see anything, literally. So, help them out, help me out, help everybody out, please. That's just a small thing that, you know, just let the crowd know what's happening. We're not on television. I can't hear Jarrett Sutton and Ben Arnett on the call. I assume that's who was on the call tonight. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Good job. For, good job on me. Good guess. But anywho, I'll say that I I'll say that and this has not always been a popular opinion, but I like Eric Brimmer as a as our PA guy. I like him too. I think he's got. I don't have any problem with him at all. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. you know, I think he's pretty technically, I, and he puts a lot of enthusiasm into it. And sometimes, you know, when it's a empty barn like it was tonight, it seems like he's. He doesn't adjust it for you know. Sure. If he's going to have his energy no matter yeah. what. I respect that. I'm okay with that. But you know, that's what uh, they want him to do. You contrast it to, and I'm on the record. I think he's I, funny sometimes yeah. too. By the way, he yeah. started this thing this right. year with a that foul was offensive, <laughs> right? And then he says the name of the you know the other team <laughs> yeah. the guy that, that committed the offensive foul. Yeah, he makes a funny every yeah. once in a while. So he's I think he's pretty he has good. some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. For two, just yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's again, like, I'm not criticizing right. him. I think I'm he just puts saying, a lot of energy in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, you know, whoever's in charge of the whole presentation, like I'm sure he's just doing what he's told. Can to he do, the, but... can you do the football games too? Because the football game guy is a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate him as much as you do. Oh, I, can't I really stand don't. Him. Nah, I, I don't mind. He him. sounds like the the announcer back when people used to play NCAA football. Yeah, and you were you start out with Missouri, and we would have like these games that got regional coverage, and we didn't have the you know they didn't have the we have Herb Street get, or whatever. Or Fowler Street. Wow, yeah. great memory yeah. there. I'm and then impressed. it would be just the stadium announcer guy, and it'd be like first down. It was the most boring thing ever. That's. I hilarious. think he did all the audio for that game back in 2005, whenever that was going on. Wow. I, yeah. You know what? I'm so impressed with that analogy. We're gonna get out of here on that one. My goodness, <laughs> it's you, been you in my head out, forever. You pulled out the NCAA dynasty mode where. <laughs> you, your game isn't on national television, yeah. so you only get the PA right. guy. You yeah. didn't get Corso and yeah. Herb. That's what our games, football games, sound like to me. Wow! Uh, that, now that's a memory. Give me some that's more something memory. I hadn't thought about in yeah. about eight years. Yeah. So good on you, Blake Star. Yeah, wait, good on you. Wait till we play Florida, and you're, you're going to hear it again. And it's going to be in your head <laughs> now too, and all the rest of you guys listening. All right. Well, again, that's just a beautiful way to get out of here. And with, and with that, we will get out of here. And until next Friday. This coming Friday afternoon, I should say, Blake and I will be back telling you whether or not you should bet on the Tigers against Georgia. Hey, stop stop drumming on that, will you? Oh, you yeah, through, I huh? can definitely hear that. Sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, yes, we'll tell you whether we should bet on the Tigers against the Georgia Bulldogs. And also, we'll get to Project Run Play, our analysis of Missouri's football uniform reveal. Ooh. You know you can't wait for that. So until next time, for Blake Stark. I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.